You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot with virtual coffee, with the collective cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Well, good morning. Good morning. It is Monday, March 20th. March 20th. Why does that have such a a ring to it? I don't know. Um, It is a manifestation day. It is a day to kick off the week, to talk about what's going on in your life, what you want to achieve, what's in the news, etc., etc., in a way, I don't have an agenda except for uh, except to tell you a little bit about my day, my week, my year, my month, my world. Um, I can tell you I'm giving blood today. I can I can do that. Um, it is time. Those eight weeks have flown by. Um, you know, one of the things that's so amazing about giving blood is that there's always a shortage. It's actually a very weird. It's a very weird. Uh, kind of marketing message because you always see like we're having an acute shortage right now and we need donors. Um, and and it, it's weird because like, first of all, uh, is that even true? Like when is there never a shortage? Um, that's the, I mean, maybe there are times when there isn't a shortage, um, but there's a very interesting thing about blood because if you have a very common blood type, well, then it's always in demand because most people have that blood type and therefore most people are going to need it if they are, you know, God forbid, uh, having surgery, you know, in an accident, etc., etc. 
But if you have a very rare blood type, well, guess what? Your blood is very much in demand as well because your blood type is rare. So if you think about it, whether your blood type is rare or common, there is still huge need for it uh, and an acute shortage in many instances. And so I love that I love that analogy. You know, the analogy basically says whoever you are in the world, you are important and you are needed and your contribution is needed. If you think that you are very common because there's nothing special about you, you don't necessarily stand out. You're just one of the crowd. Well, you are one of the crowd, and that makes you important. That makes you, you're part of the audience. You're part of, you know, you're, you're part of the community. Um, so to, to diminish your, your worth or your self-worth or your belief, there's nothing special about me, um, is, is, completely, um, is completely untrue. And, and, or maybe a, a different way to flip it, um, actually watched The Whale uh, yesterday with Brendan Fraser. Whew, very heavy movie, a beautiful movie, sad. Um, and and there's just a moment where someone actually says, you know, there's I, I have to accept the fact. I have to, this is not giving away anything uh, at all, um, but, you know, I have to just accept the fact that I'm going to live a very um, uninteresting life. And why is that a bad thing? I mean, you would think it is a bad thing, right? You would think, you know, if someone said to you, I need to just accept the fact that I'm going to have a very uninteresting life, what would you say to them? Chances are you wouldn't say, you, you, you wouldn't acknowledge it. You'd say, you, you would push back. You would challenge them. You would say, don't say that. You're special. You're important. You're, you know, you are unique. You are original. Embrace that. Find your why. Find your purpose. Find your, 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 you know, there's something in this world that you, that you and only you can do, you know, uh, excel. Oh, like that's what you would do. But what about that idea that actually says this, I, I have to accept the fact that I'm going to lead an uninteresting life. Why is, why is boring bad? Why is boring bad? Why is just being average bad? Why is being mediocre bad? Why is just being like everyone else bad? Why? It, it isn't. You know, you're a human being. You, you, are, you contribute. You're a parent. You're a child. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're a member of a community that makes you special or you're part of something special. You don't have to stand out to fit in. You don't have to uh, stick your neck out. You don't have to get your neck cut off in order to be special. It's a very interesting flip, I think. I need to accept the fact that I'm going to lead an uninteresting life. You know, for me as a parent, with young, uh, my kids are not young anymore, but when they were, a great day was a boring day. A great day is a day that that no one broke a bone or you know or you know bruised or bumped themselves or you know got bullied or whatever the case may be. A great day was a day when you could walk into your child's room in the middle of the night when they were in a crib and and every parent did this and they you would put your hand in front of their mouth just to make sure that they were breathing. It was just almost instinct. Or you saw their stomach just, you know, extending and, and, and contracting, and you could see that they were breathing. 
That was a great day, an uninteresting day, a boring day. Your child was fine. They woke up fine and they went to bed fine. No drama, no, you know, no exceptionally good or exceptionally bad things. Boring can sometimes be very, very good. A day when nothing happens is a good day. Now, of course, there's a whole huge flip to that. There's no question, right? Which is, do you want to lead an uninteresting life? Do you want to waste your life? Do you want to will your days and your weeks and your months away? Do you want to just count them down? Are you already looking forward to Thanksgiving and and Christmas and, and the holidays and just trying to accelerate yet another yet another year, which means one more, one less year on this planet to be able to achieve, to actualize, to extend, to amplify, um, to realize your potential. So both apply. Both apply in many respects. If you've just joined, um, I was just talking about the most innocuous thing about giving blood today and how I find it so interesting that whether you have a rare blood type or, or you have very common blood type, your blood is desperately needed. There's always a shortage for your blood, either through lack of supply or, or an abundance of demand. And it's a way of just saying, hey, just showing up to give blood makes you, makes, you know, is something. It doesn't make you special, but it, it's something. For me, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. It's the easiest thing in the world to do, and so I do it. Some people, it's not. They're, you know, they're squeamish, anemic, they're, you know, it, it, it's an awful thing. I don't mind. I actually kind of like it. I go in and, and uh, you know, generally I'll be, try and be on my phone as best as I can with one hand, so I'll, I'll kind of watch something. Maybe I'll watch a bit of, uh, a bit of Survivor, um, you know, while I'm, while I'm giving blood. Um, sometimes the time flies by. Um, last time I went in, I set a record. I think I just gave my pint in about 12 or 13 minutes. Sometimes it gets kind of dangerously close to that cutoff when I haven't eaten enough greens or I've had too much caffeine uh, or too little water as well. Um, but for me, and I was actually thinking, by the way, speaking of blood, why on earth are they not giving away POAPs? What, a, what an easy thing to do. I want my badge. I mean, I've got uh, somewhere, in fact, maybe it's down here, I get like occasionally a pin that actually, you know, that shows um, where I am lifetime. There's there's a nice app. You know, if you're from the uh, Red Cross, um, you know, kudos to you. <clears throat> I like your app. I like what they've done from a marketing standpoint. Um, I will tell you, uh, let me just look at my, let, let me look at my schedule today. I've donated, uh, my blood type is is O positive, and, um, and I've donated 57 units lifetime. 57 units, um, so 57 times, and, uh, you know, I, 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 um, I, I want more, I want more stats, you know, I want, I want, one of the things that they're doing now, it's called your blood journey, you can actually, like, it's amazing, so, like, for example, my last time that I gave blood, January 17th, 2023, um, it actually, I'm, I'm going to show it to you, uh, I'm actually going to just uh, just share a little uh, a little clip, um, not a clip, uh, a screenshot on Discord. They're now telling you where your blood is going, and they're actually like, I know which hospital ended up using my blood. I mean, that's an amazing concept. You know, that's 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 smart marketing, right? That's smart marketing 
that actually empowers you to realize that, you know, to like, even though in a way it tells me absolutely nothing, it tells me everything. So I can check in and I can see if you look at it now, I've just put it into the back chat. Um, The donation, right? You can share the donation, right? I mean, that's simple. (laughs) We know what that is, right? That's just amplifying on social media. There's the processing of the donation, the testing, right, to make sure that there's nothing going on in the blood. Um, The storage, um, and it says donation is stored for up to one year. And then completion, it says you've helped save more than one life. I don't know how they calculate that. A New York regional hospital ended up using using my blood. Um, I absolutely love that. Um, And a POAP would be the best thing uh, to be able to get. Um, because you know the the little pin, I'm not really going to put it on my lapel. And even if I and even if I do, you know, for the most part, I'm not. Um, I'm probably going to lose it at some point. But I want something digital. I want something that's with me forever. I want to. I want a gallery. I want to be able to not just have that poem. Uh, with a with, why not have a beautiful piece of art created by a local artist? Um, that and then also you know from a meta data standpoint to have all of the particulars associated with that donation so i can go back and i can almost visualize my ent- my entire journey um etc these are all the things that i think um isn't it funny how like <laughs> this whole conversation just comes up from hey like what's going on what are you doing today i'm giving blood what about you um and how much of a conversation that can come out um in that whole you know in that whole discussion so that that's certainly one thing going on in my life. It's not today. It's not it's not overly uh, exciting uh, as well. But then, you know, we've had a conversation already about this idea of you know sometimes not being remarkable is remarkable. Um, remember that whole conversation with Tom Davenport uh, with his book last last week which I just, I'm still uh, resonating with. And remember, he's going to be hopefully with us on Thursday morning in Discord, that um, you stand out from the crowd more by being different in a sea of sameness than you do by being normal in, in, a, <laughs> in chaos, um, etc. Um, and so, you know, if we just unpack that a little bit is how do we define normal? And how do we, you know, and different is easy, right? Because if you understand what normal is, then then anything that that differs from the baseline is is therefore by definition different. Maybe normal is someone that uh, that doesn't give blood, or it'd be a little bit more, um, you know, it'd be a little bit more, you know, uh, complex complex than that. It just might be somebody that doesn't share what they're doing in their lives, and including but not limited to giving blood. So there are some people that are just immensely private, and that is their right, and that you know, and that's fine. And then, of course, on the flip side, there are people that unbelievably overshare, and and the and 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 that probably has some advantages and disadvantage. Probably more disadvantages, to be honest, than advantages. And then you have a probably a third group that are very selective in terms of what they share and what they don't, and when they share it. And I I find that group to be maybe the most problem problematic because it's a, it's it can be perceived as a little manipulative, right? We selectively choose what we want to release, so we are carefully controlling the message and the information. Now I'm not saying that that therefore 
the best option is my my life is an open book. You want to know if I'm having difficulties, you know, in in love, in life, in finance, uh, in parenting. It's none of your business. Um, and uh, although some people might say, no, actually, it is my business. I mean, take the royals for example. And I, let's just be very clear: I am not comparing myself to the royals. It's just a, it, it's a another example, an extreme example. When you live or celebrity, when you are in the public eye, then you know how much belongs to you and how much doesn't belong to you. I I, I always marvel. Uh, I marvel at the fact. That when a celebrity is going through a tough time, like a very tough time, uh, let's just say there, you know, there's some controversy going on or something's happened. They say the family requests, you know, that you respect their privacy, right? Which is during this this tough time, and and I always like I marvel at that to a degree because it's like, why do you choose or or do you get to choose? when you're going to be public and when you're going to be private. Ultimately, your entire celebrity is based on being public and being in the public eye and, and you know, excuse the word whoring yourself and, you know, and, and, and earned media impressions and being on Access Hollywood and being talked about and uh, etc. Especially maybe if your brand is a controversial brand, if your brand is a, you know, you take the Kardashians, etc., um, you know, as they say, the, Kardashian, the Kardashians became famous at being famous. That's what they were famous for, being famous. But then when something goes on, suddenly it's like, well, wait a second, now we'd like our time and we, we'd, we'd ask that you respect our time. It's like, the again, going back to the royals. When your brand lives and thrives and you owe your success to the public, do you get to choose, should you get to choose, when you pull back and when you kind of open up the kimono? I, I would say as a human being, the answer you know, should be yes, you're a human first. Uh, as a, from a business standpoint, I would, I would, I would have more uh, cause to challenge that statement and say you have to play by a set of rules and you have to be consistent when you play by those rules. Now, I don't mind what the rules are as long as you state them up front. I've always been a big believer in, 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 in that approach that essentially says, this is my house and I make the rules in my house. And if you respect by them and abide by them, great. And if you don't, that's fine too. But I do have the right to ask you not to come in or to leave. Now, got to be careful about that, right? Because remember, the caveat there is consistency. Can't change the rules. Can't tell someone to come into your house wearing shoes and then change your mind and say, I need you to take your shoes off now. I suppose you can. Maybe that's a bit of an innocuous example. Um, But it can be confusing when there is inconsistency, when there is flip-flopping, when there is... um, it's just very hard for um, to to understand where the where the goalposts are when they keep on shifting and they keep changing, and I think that's the challenge that I have with with you know members uh, of celebrity um, you know movie stars um, that that crave the attention and thrive on it uh, and and live on it, and then they suddenly you know get very very selective. That's why. 
you know, in many respects, the the premise of Joseph Jaffe is not famous. The premise is to be consistent, is to be an anti-celebrity, is to be someone who never changes, who actually is very consistent, who is, you know, what you see is what you get. Now, listen, I'm under no, you know, delusions of grandeur in terms of what may or may not happen, but it is my manifested goal to actually be that down-to-earth person, to be the person that you don't have to, if you, you know, if ever something becomes of me and my show, that you don't actually kind of point from afar and, you know, and, and try and take like a, a selfie or try and take a, it's like, no, no, like, come, come in, come say hello, come introduce yourself. <clears throat> Would you like to take a photo? <clears throat> and spending a bit of time. You can't, <clears throat> excuse me, let me drink some water. It's like if I'm going to, if I'm going to uh, an event, right, South by Southwest, can't walk down the street <clears throat> and then expect someone not to recognize you or want to talk to you or you be too busy to talk to them. I'm just going to mute myself and for one second. <clears throat> there you go. That's better. Um, so you've got to like figure out how you want to play. Um, and, and I think if you can, um, I, I think that's a better way to play. I think that's a better, that's a better model that actually says, you know, make the time. Because you can also choose how you do it. This is why, you know, my advice to celebrities, politicians, CEOs is always the same, right? Start your day off with 10 minutes of community involvement or activation. Whether you are a candidate running for president of the United States, um, whether you're a rock star, whether you are an actor, whether you are a, a football star, a sports, an athlete, just start every day off 10 minutes by just going through Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, you know, LinkedIn, whatever, Twitter, and just randomly acknowledge people. And, you know, I mean, you see, you see what happens. Like yesterday, um, I think it was um, uh, Miley on, on Twitter um, she she posted a screenshot that Paris Hilton had followed her. That's how easy it is. Um, and I say easy, but it's that's what we want. It's like you know, for I mean, y- you probably would have seen if you if uh, I think I posted in the cafe chat on the weekend. But um, I recorded. I I had uh, Elon Ma um, the on you know I recorded with him this weekend. And uh, people are still telling me that he's a deep fake. I'm like, well, if he is, I mean, <laughs> um, I was talking with him and seeing him, you know, didn't look like a deep fake to me. I've got the whole video. Um, but trying to get Elon Musk uh, to meet Elon Ma and, and come on the show. And, um, you know, and what does it take to get Elon Musk's attention um, when he... But, you know, he, I mean, he does a fairly good job. He randomly does respond to people, but it's very random. I mean, I think that's, I, I love that. I think, it's, I think it's good. I think there needs to be random and some kind of systematic uh, process as well. I'm just going to my tweet at the moment um, to have a look at it. 
So at the moment, 6,023 organic views and, um, and 1,804 views of uh, Elon Musk um, asking uh, Elon Musk to come on my show and meet him. Uh, please, please do me a favor. Uh, go ahead and, and, and comment and like and retweet. Uh, it would mean the world to me and it's all part of the process um, of being able to see if we can uh, if we can if we can get him to respond. Um, so I'm going to put that into the I'm going to put that into the uh, the cafe chat as well. Um, I think it would be fun. You know the 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 funny thing is I did not even um, I didn't even think about that initially. This is the craziest thing when you know when I when I reached out to him. I don't know. I just and I've been chatting with him. It's been such fun chatting with him using Google Translate. Um, and, and often when he like talks to me, uh, the translation, like he'll use the word, like the word brother will come out, um, whatever the translation is, the Chinese word. And I just love the fact that he refers to me as brother. Um, but, you know, initially when I decided, let, let's do a little recording, a little promo for the show, um, I didn't even think about this idea of what if Elon Musk actually came on the show and said he wanted and I could facilitate that. What if, talk about manifestation, what if that becomes the moment that, that the, the tipping point for my show? What if that is the moment that, that innocuously came from me somehow seeing this Elon Musk impersonator um, on my, or imitator on my feed, reaching out to him, he responds to me, um, and, you know, <laughs> with 450 real interviews, profound interviews, I think deep interviews, subs- interviews of substance, suddenly this is the moment that actually catapults me and puts me on a different stage. I mean, that's part of this idea of daring of daring to do, you know, um, Odera est facere. That's actually um, the, uh, the kind of um, the Latin... Uh, the tagline of the football club I support, Odere est facere, to dare is to do. Uh, or I'll write it in, Odere est facere, facere, facere. I think, to dare is to do. Um, take a chance, put it out there, um, you know, realize that nothing may happen um, and and then just keep moving on. Try something else. If it doesn't work, try something different. Um, and And never lose your sense of wonder and never lose your sense of enthusiasm and never lose um, your your drive and your ability to just keep on mixing it up um, and living your life um, and and daring to be different um, but also um, embracing um, when you're not and uh, and being okay being okay to I mean, ultimately, that is, uh, I think, humility, right? Humility says, I don't, and, and security, you know, and actually being secure in your own skin, in your own sense of self that says, I don't need to be the smartest person in the room. I don't need to tell people that I'm the smartest person in the room, um, even if I am. Um, oh, by the way, maybe I'm not. Well, there's a thought. There's an interesting thought. 
why did I think I was the smartest person in the room? Um, is that arrogant of me? Is that short-sighted? Is that uh, the very definition of pride and, and egotism? You know, but, but it's, it's this constant need to prove and validate ourselves. And, and that's why the smartest person in the room is typically the person that doesn't talk the most. They're the person that talks the least. Or they're a person that knows when to shut up when they've actually, you know, delivered that, that uh, moment of truth. And there are many different, you know, it's, uh, you know, from the sublime to the ridiculous. The sublime is the, is the CEO or the leader. Um, we've discussed this idea before. Like, how do you, if you walk into a room in an existing conversation or fly on the wall in a business, typically who is the leader or who is the, the benevolent leader? There is someone who, who generally keeps quiet, and when they talk at the end, I'm not talking about the boss, the CEO, but the, the smartest person in the room, maybe the most influential person in the room, and oftentimes the most senior, they're the person that listens, 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 assimilates everything, takes it all in, and then they talk. And when they talk, everybody listens, A, because they don't talk much. Uh, so when they talk, it is generally with substance and of substance, and they leave it for the end. Why? not only because they gave everyone an opportunity to talk, but also they were able to assimilate, integrate, connect the dots, frame, reframe, and form an opinion or a point of view or a recommendation that actually is now smarter because of all the inputs of everyone that came before it. So that's the sublime. The ridiculous is George Costanza, is the idea of just, uh, you know, you deliver... Within the first five minutes of the meeting, the, 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 the joke, the, the statement that has everyone rolling in the aisles, that has everyone just singing your praises, you get up and you say, that's it, I'm out, and you leave the room because you leave the room on that, uh, you know, at the peak. Everything after that moment is just a detraction as well. And for those of you that remember that scene uh, from Seinfeld, it was just absolutely brilliant. Um, but it's always a balance. It's always a balance between, you know, humility and hubris, between arrogance um, and uh, and empathy, between um, this idea of knowing when to talk and when and when to listen. Um, and um, you know, and it's a work in progress. I, I was uh, recently, um, you know, communicating with um, with um, someone who have had, I would say. Uh, who've been I've been at odds with and and had some you know um, you know uh, more heated discussions and this person said you know I've got to tell you there was a time one thing I didn't really like about you was that you would often cut me off when I was talking and immediately first of all you take that statement um, first thing I could do is turn around and say no I didn't I didn't do that did I do that uh, I'm, I'm sure that wasn't me. Uh, there might have been a delay. Um, it was uh, it was late in the day. It was early in the morning. I, maybe I was off my game. Like try and justify it or make excuses for it. Um, it helps if first of all there's truth in everything. It helps if you recognize that there's truth in everything, as opposed to deny it. Um, and and I know that I that I can do that, that I tend to do that. It's not, it's not malicious and it's not intentional. Um, 
sometimes it just comes down to not knowing where that that gentle pause is. Um, and so I immediately turned around and said, hey, I'm really sorry if I ever did that. Um, or, or I'm sorry I did that. It wasn't a if. I, I didn't mean it like, you know, like there's no like gaslighting. Like if I did that, if I, you know, I said, no, I'm sorry. I really apologize for that. And, um, and, and that's what happens. That's what happens sometimes when you realize um, that, that the, whole, the very nature of, of listening and talking and conversing and allowing people and giving people space um, is, it is really, really hard. It's really hard when there are so many insecurities and there's so much um, need for validation in this world. And of course, it really does help when you realize that everyone is just the same. You know, that comes down to what we were saying the other day, you know, imagining, you know, imagining that everyone networking has the same insecurities as you do. They're all, especially when they're by themselves. And by the way, from a networking standpoint, that's the easiest, easiest networking uh, opportunity when you see someone by themselves. Immediately invite them in because you are that person. You are that person. Um, and, and, if, and if you are that person, then, then one, of the, one of the... It's really, really like tricky when you join a conversation in progress. I was talking, I was talking to um, the one of the senior marketers at Inc. Magazine, and a young uh, a, a young woman kind of came up and and inserted herself. And uh, but she, when I say young, I mean she's probably very early twenties. I would say maybe twenty three, twenty four. Um, I'm fifty two. He is probably in his fifties as well, and. We could have easily just turned around and said, I, "I'm I'm so sorry, but we're actually just having a real, we're actually having a private conversation right now, or we're actually like you know just kind of um, like maybe now is not the right time, or can you come? Like we could have done that, and it would have made her feel so small and insignificant. And instead, uh, she was like, "I hope I'm not interrupting." We're like, "No, don't be ridiculous. Come on in. We're just talking about, and uh, you know, and." And then at that moment, she has the opportunity then to decide, okay, am I, it's an awkward situation, right? Because does she now recognize that there are two senior people? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. Maybe they're two clowns. You're not really sure. But you kind of assimilate and take it in and kind of realize and say, wait, who is this person? Who is that person? Should I ask? Shouldn't I ask? And when you get a sense of what of who they are, or you may be not sure who they are, and you get a sense of what the conversation is, do you say something or not? I would say the very secure person is someone in that situation that actually does not feel the need to say anything. Um, but they also don't feel like the elephant in the room is just getting larger and larger and larger, which is now I feel so awkward. I probably shouldn't have inserted myself. This isn't my conversation. They're not involving me. You kind of like the, you know, the mind, you, you fud yourself, self-fudding. Um, you're like, Ugh, like, you know, like, let me see if I can, uh, if I can slink out. Um, I'm so embarrassed. As opposed to this idea of, hey, I'm just going to stay here and stick around and listen and and maybe they'll ask me to contribute. Maybe they will feel the same 
um, not awkwardness, but that sense, which is there's a third person here. Let's involve her or bring her into the situation. Two white men, middle age to to aging, a young she she happened to be an Asian woman. So the fair thing to do at this point is to say, well, wait a second. If this was a private conversation, well, you know that's different. But you're at a freaking networking event, you know, and uh, and with with an open bar, and and you know, quite frankly, even my conversation with him uh, began serendipitously too. So I would say, hell no. And the best thing to do is is for one of us to then reach out to her and say, well, what do you think about this? Or, you know what, we've been droning on for uh, 25 minutes. We'd love to hear a little bit about you um, or any thoughts you've had from what you've heard. Um, and or when she speaks, and she did, is then to not dismiss her, but actually then involve her in the conversation. Um, and so that dynamic, that dynamism is important it does come down to self-awareness, and it also comes down to um, recognizing not just who you are and who you aren't, but where you are and when you are as well. And, um, and, and also how brave she must have been uh, standing there by herself to then come up to, you know, two, uh, as Mitch Joel, my friend, says, pale, male, and stale, um, you, know, um, you know, senior uh allegedly i mean you know he was i suppose i'm just me um and have that conversation and so i think i think that when we when we become more aware and self aware whether we're in a twitter space whether we're in a a discord um whether we're in uh, a business meeting um it is so important um, to display the ultimate empathy, which is to put ourselves in the other person's shoes um, and and realize, of course, that we're all in the same boat together. And, uh, and when you do that, I think the world becomes a slightly better place um, because, and, and this is not an insignificant point, we can always, always learn from somebody else. Whether we are the single, uh, you know, individual trying to join another conversation at a networking event, or whether we're part of that conversation, you know, I go to South by Southwest by myself. You know, I, I don't remember the last time I went with a partner, and 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 I'm just used to being, you know, alone, a loner, so to speak. I'm never alone, but I'm used to it. But it's lonely. It's hell of a lonely, you know, to show up by yourself. And it's always the hardest part, that first move, that first step. But then you start to, you know, you build your posse. You build your little circle. You suddenly become part of a bigger circle. You know, the evening where I went to Soho House, I joined there because Bonin, who I texted early in the day, said, come join me for dinner at Soho House. And the next thing, there were 20, 30 of us. And now we're all part of it. And instead of me overthinking, well, who's this person? Are they together? You know, he had his own team from Group Black. He had his executive assistant and head of PR and a head of product and head of content, etc. He had his own, um, you know, kind of um, uh, what, what I call it, like kind of comfort zone 
but he doesn't need it because, I mean, he's like the Uber networker. And so instead of me kind of, again, you know, um, overthinking it, I just went with the flow as well. I don't need the safety net. I don't need the wingman or wingwoman or wing person. Sometimes they even slow you down because you're worried about them. In fact, the perfect way to network for me is when you do arrive with someone, a colleague, you know, marketing and sales or whatever, is, uh, as my good friend often says, split up into groups of one. And then meet up every 30 minutes, hour, two hours, whatever. Especially if there's like, oh, you know what? You've got to meet my business partner. You've got to meet this person that I'm here with. You would love them. They would love you. So there are interesting ways to then tag team. In fact, the worst thing I think you could do is to have a safety net or a security blanket. Um, Push yourself to be out there you know, live on the edge, live alone, be alone, be lonely, you know, because it's from that sense of almost that, that's what keeps you alive. That's what makes you alive is to like have that like survival of the fittest, that like sink or swim type of approach. The other thing that to me is like a very interesting takeaway today is, is this whole conversation actually began with this idea of, hey, I'm giving blood today. Like literally, I thought maybe I would even talk about the fact, and, and I will now, but it's, it's here's, I, I guess that the, the interesting point is what may be completely boring and uninteresting to you may be something fascinating to somebody else. When I say I'm giving blood today, boring, you know, okay, whatever. But somebody else could say, you give blood? That's amazing. I'm too afraid to give blood. I'm scared. You know, I, I'm worried that I might contract a disease. Or when I say to someone, they say, oh, you, you, is this your first time? I go, no, I've done it 57 times. In fact, today is my 58th. 58, wow, that's unbelievable. What is that in gallons? It's like, I don't know now, it's like seven or eight gallons or something like that. That's just like people are blown away. You're amazing, Joseph. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. It's the most, you know, innocuous thing to do. It's so easy. It's really so easy. And actually, you know, for a time, what I loved about it is I got, uh, um, they were doing, because of COVID, I got to see if I had antibodies or not. They were doing antibody checks, and I, and, I, and I saw that I did have them after I took the vaccine. Um, so, you know, there were some advantages um, as well. So what's boring to you may not be boring to someone else. The other thing is when you put yourself out there. So, you know, I, my, my, my family get very frustrated with me, my kids. They're like, you talk to everyone, everyone all the time. You're always making conversation. I'm like, exactly, because you never know who you're sitting next to. You never know um, what kind of conversation might arise. Why not? You might find, and chances are you will find, you have something in common with them. Are they from the same industry? Are they from the same hometown? Did they go to the same, you know, do you have the same alma mater? Do you know, do you support the same, um, the same sports team? Um, it's just, it's just amazing um, to realize that when you talk to strangers, in fact, that's, I think that was Malcolm Gladwell's book, Talk to Strangers. 
I didn't read it, but the genius of Malcolm Gladwell is his books, you, <laughs> you don't have to read them to actually realize um, how brilliant they are. Um, and, and I guess that's, you know, that's the point, right? Like you don't have to buy their book. Trust me, most people have, have um, absolutely, um, you know, bought his books. But talk to strangers. That's the point. You talk to strangers, you never know because a stranger can become a friend, a friend can become a lover, um, or, you know, uh, um, a stranger can become a client, a client can become a friend, uh, hopefully no lover part involved in that conversation, but you never know. Um, and he has another thing just sometimes, you know, I just saw um, Lubna, who you've seen uh, many times um, in, you know, uh, in and out of our collective cafe, um, just uh, just released the, uh, she just shared happiest countries according to the happiness report. The top five, uh, number one is Finland, five years in a row. Let me uh, copy the tweet and put it into the back chat for you. And oh, by the way, there is a poet. Of course, there's a poet today. And I need to uh, get to the other thing that I was going to talk to you about because if I don't, um, that, that password is going to be, I mean, or that secret word is going to be weird. Um, well, out of context. So what are the top five? Number one is Finland. Number two is Denmark. Number three is Iceland. Number four is Israel. And number five is Netherlands. Um, I wonder, let's just keep going down the list, by the way. Then Sweden, Norway, Switzerland, Luxembourg, New Zealand, Austria, Australia, Canada, Ireland, United States, 15, uh, Germany, Belgium, Czechia, which I assume is Czech Republic, United Kingdom, Lithuania, France, Slovenia, Costa Rica, and Romania. It goes on to 24. What do you notice that's so interesting? Uh, I'll tell you. Sweden, Norway, Iceland, Denmark, Finland, the entire Scandinavian base uh, make up five, sorry, five, five of the top seven places. And... Israel, one of the, you know, most, you know, I don't know, you want to say unstable, volatile, divided countries in the world is right up there at number four. But, I mean, that Scandinavian uh, red thread hits you like a ton of bricks. Um, so you've all got homework to do, which is find out why. What's going on there? It's certainly bloody cold there. Uh, it, can't be, it, it can't be that. Um, it's got to be something else. It's got to be based on um, the way that they treat each other. It's got to be based on uh, healthcare or education, culture. Um, you know, there's definitely something going on there. Maybe it comes down to how they talk to strangers. You never know. So the thing that I was going to also chat to you about is I bought a doodle. I bought a doodle. <laughs> it sounds so funny. Um, it really sounds funny. Of course, you know, I've been looking, 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 and the minute I buy, I buy the doodle uh, this morning, uh, the floor price drops a little bit. Um, but um, anyway, uh, it's, it's back up to essentially what I paid for it. And I absolutely love my doodle. I love my doodle. It is also the POEP for today. Uh, my doodle is the POEP. Um, and... Uh, if you were to guess what the code would be, would you guess Doodle? 
Because if you did, you would be right. Look at my doodle. I love this. This I don't know what it is. This dude's got a beard, long hair. I think it's certain. I think it's a guy. Maybe it's not. Um, but it, yeah, I bought into this three point seven ETH, and um, you know, and I had to like oh, move this from this wallet and this and try and scrounge up the funds. Um, but this is one of those things where I just could not afford, not even close to afford to buy into this project. But that was the same with Lazy Lions at one point. I couldn't afford to buy into Lazy Lions. And eventually I bought in at 0.8 maybe. And at the moment it's 0.3 or something. Um, and um, But I'm very interested to see what happens with Doodles coming out saying we're not an NFT project, we're a media company. Um, I've already decided that, you know, should this, um, first of all, should this drop to two ETH, one ETH, so be it. I'm fine. I'm totally fine with it. Um, and if it increases to maybe, I don't know, 20, I, I, I thought of a number of 20 ETH. If it gets to 20 ETH, I will sell it. Um, and maybe less. Just because, just because, because, just because. Um, because I don't, um, to me, that would be that, that I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I'd find it very hard to focus on whatever I'm focusing on then and not be obsessed with the money part of it. And I don't want that. Um, I don't want to be obsessed on the monetary part of that. So, you know, I think as always with everything, with every, um, every time you buy something or buy into something, you should always be prepared for the eventuality that you lose it all. You should be prepared for it um, based on many factors, um, not based on, on rugging or being rugged or being misled. Um, and you also should have a, you should, you should um, discuss with yourself and be comfortable with yourself for the contingencies. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? And I think stick to them as well. Um, and, and be very, very, if you can, if you can, um, well, just let me see it's, you know, hits 20 ETH, maybe it will hit 25 or 30. And the next thing you know, it's at 15 and then 14 and 13 and back to 10. And, and now you fear you're filled with regret. Like we should never have regret in our lives about that stuff. Although Dan Pink, of course, says we should have regret and learn from it. Okay, so maybe learn from it the first time it happens. But the second time it happens, then it's no longer, I'm sure Dan would agree. I wish if he was here, I'd ask him that question, which is, you know, this idea of, um, I, I, in fact, I'm almost certain he would say that no longer applies. If you learn from making a mistake and then you make the same mistake again, then, then you know, then it's on you now. Then it's on you. Then you're just dumb, right? Or greedy or clueless or, you know, or, um, you know, whatever. So that's how I'm going to handle it. Um, I'm going to take some time now to discover this community, enter the community. I'm going to reach out to the CMO and see if I can get them on my show. Uh, I'm very interested to see what happens and if they're able to turn this into a media company. Now, there's a lot of FUD around it, of course, you know, a lot of community members are unhappy with um, with the uh, founders. Remember something: a community a, a community can outgrow its founder. A founder can outgrow its or their community. 
community members can also outgrow their community and the community can outgrow them. This comes down to necessary endings. I've actually reached out to Henry Cloud to try and get him on the show. And by the way, his new book, he's got a new book coming out called Trust. Um, So very, very apropos and appropriate. Um, I encourage everyone here, um, if you choose to, to reach out to Henry Cloud um, individually and invite him on the show and and mention that you're part of the community. Um, And I certainly think that if three or four or five requests come in to, you know, for him to come on the show, there's a better chance he will. By the way, I think there's no reason why he won't come on the show um, by myself going out to him. And then, of course, the other thing um, is we'd love for you guys to uh, go ahead and and engage, I'm not paying you to do it, uh, engage uh, with the tweet for Elon Musk to come and meet uh, Elon Musk. That would just be tremendous, tremendous. So remember the POAP code today is DOODLE. Um, so I'll keep you up to date with what happens with me being part of, of Doodles. I also um, I also thought, you know, and looked at the fact that I think there were, there are about four or five communities that are suddenly uh, ridiculously accessible. Um, one is Moonbirds, one is, I think, Cool Cats. Um, uh, there's, and I'm, I forget, uh, put in the back chat if you, if you, um, if, if you know what the others are. Um, but there definitely are accessible communities right now for the very first time. It, it, it's not, it's not cheap. I mean, it's not cheap and it's like kind of ironic as well that, you know, ETH is expensive at the moment. So I, I kind of wish now, it's like a double whammy. I kind of wish, 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 wish that ETH was like 1200 or 1300. So there's like these two weird factors and forces happening right now. Um, is ETH going to, going to increase? Um, and if so, then, you know, you can, then, then suddenly, you know, I mean, if ETH is 2,500 or 3,000 and, you know, Doodle stays the same, well, there's, there's, a, there's a dynamic there. And if Doodles increases to five, six, seven, ten 10 ETH and ETH is 2,000, 2,500, of course, there's a dynamic there as well. Why did I go with Doodles? Um, I went with Doodles because for me, um, they have, um, I've, I've been aware of Doodles as a marketer more so than any other project. Um, Doodles CMO, as I said, was interviewed in AdAge. They had a, a huge activation last year. I don't know if they did anything this year um, with um, at South by Southwest. Um, I've never really connected with Board Ape Yacht Club or or uh, the Mutant Ape Yacht Club or like that whole thing or even Crypto Punks. I've never known anything about them or or like yeah, I've, and you know, the art, there's just been, there's been like a, but for me, Doodles represents um, maybe our best shot as an industry to see an NFT project growing up. Remember, they came out with a statement, we are not an NFT project. And that, going back to what I was saying before, right, you have community members, OGs that are saying, wait, what, you know, so this is, this is the idea of, of this tension, this interesting tension. In some respects, you can sympathize and empathize with a community, a loyal 
community member that was there since the beginning saying, what about us? You've left us behind. You haven't rewarded and recognized our loyalty. Um, and But on the other is this idea of everyone has to grow up eventually. You know, it's the whole Peter Pan, can't stay a boy, you know, one of the lost boys all your life. At some point you have to grow up um, and move on. And that applies to everyone. Um, and so... You can see it's never completely, you know, it's never completely black and white. It's always those 256 shades of gray um, in the middle. For me, I like that idea of saying this is not an NFT project because what is an NFT? An NFT at the end of the day, this non-fungible token is just an access token. It gives you access to an inner circle, the sum-to-sum model as I've often spoken about. And what I remember saying, and you've heard me say this if you've been here almost every day, that the Doodle CMO, they just, they spoke about the fact that that the Doodles community is not limited to the people that are, that hold NFTs. They just have different level of access. That's all. So, you know, even if you, this is a completely different example. um, But if you think about American Express Black, platinum, gold, you know, green, red, whatever. Um, All that's happening is it's just, you're just widening, 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 widening points of access. So certainly, or concierge key, executive platinum, platinum pro, platinum gold, nothing, you know, or just no status. And then, but advantage, I'm talking about American Airlines, and then I don't even have uh, an advantage account. So all that's happening is you're just broadening the base or broadening the circles, the ripples, um, the universe as well. And so you have a community within a community within a community within a community. In many respects, no different to a Discord server. Some people have access to certain channels and some don't based on their roles, based on which NFTs they hold, based on how many coins they hold, based etc. etc. Same point, same concept as well. And so for Doodles to say that you know our NFT holders will have certain access or privileges or merch or this or that or whatever or first looks but if you don't have an NFT then you know it's the VIP line versus the regular line it's the the NFT holders get in for free everyone else pays i like that idea that's exactly what i'm doing uh, with alpha collective or at least it's my vision for alpha collective which is if you're a first customer you are a VIP. You access the first customer bottle of scotch or tequila that can cost $200, $500, $1,000. Everyone else, though, will get, uh, will get um, their, you know, the rest of the drinks at the bar for free. But if I want to add one more layer, I can say that at some point, if you don't have um, maybe the best way to describe it is, remember, look at, look at what I've tried to create with Alpha Collective. If you're a first customer, you get access to the top shelf. If you are a paid member, you get everything for free. If you are an entry-level member, it's cash bar. So that's how it works, right? That's how it works. Or eventually what happens is perhaps people don't even have an entry-level NFT and they paid to actually get into the event and they pay at the bar, whereas entry-level got in for free and paid at the bar, whereas full members got in for free and got the bar for free, whereas first customers got in for free, got the alcohol for free or, or the drinks or the cocktails and had access to top shelf. 
So that's another way to think about it. These are just loyalty tiers. And so all that NFT is doing, it's just a key. It's just a pass. It's just a, a token that that can, you know, without cheating, you know, immutably and with the beauty of transferal or, or being to, able to be sold and transferred on the secondary market. Don't get me started on royalties because I believe it's absolutely critical to this model um, have the ability um, to actually, you know, create this fluid uh, sense of ownership. It's all a good thing. Well, it is. Uh, all good things must come to an end, uh, and it is uh, almost nine a.m. Remember, the uh, Po app should be live right now. I'm going to go ahead and test it just to make sure that it is. If you are listening to the podcast and you want to get access to these Po apps. Um, it is one of the advantages of actually showing up uh, live from eight to nine. Remember, I'm asking a lot of you, so much of you guys today, uh, amplifying tweets, uh, messaging, uh, Henry Cloud, um, all of these things. But most importantly, we have 10 days left to hit 20 people in the Collective Cafe. Today, we had about eight or nine or 10. Uh, we're very, very close um, let's see if we can do it. Of course, if we don't, we just keep moving on. We move on from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. But if we do, we don't sit back and become complacent. We now set our goals to 25, to 30, to 40, to 50. And remember, just to really, really close on this, never leave people behind. The OGs here should never feel, which is really everyone here today, should never feel that they got lost in the shuffle, that they got buried, that they got left behind. There's a huge difference between this idea of a community outgrowing its members or members outgrowing the community and the, <laughs> the basic principles of fairness uh, and reciprocity. Um, so I just want to make sure that that is very, very clear um, in terms of recognizing you know, that above all, be a good person, uh, and 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 you know make your mother proud of you, um, and uh, surely all good things will follow uh, from that moment. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.